Sisters in the Shadows is in aid of Nordif Robbins. Nordif Robbins is the largest independent music therapy charity in the UK, dedicated to enriching the lives of people affected by life-limiting illnesses, isolation or disability. Their music therapists are expertly trained to tune into each movement, reaction and expression of the individuals they work with to discover how music can enrich their lives. They are absolutely brilliant. But they receive no government funding and so rely on the generosity of their supporters. Charities like Nordif Robbins are really struggling these days and need your help more than ever. As a musician and a music lover, I know firsthand of the healing powers of music. It can lift your spirits, unite people and touch your heart in ways nothing else can. And the amazing therapists at Nordif Robbins use that power to help some of the most vulnerable people in society. If you love music and care about people, and I know you do, I ask you as a proud ambassador of Nordif Robbins Music Therapy Charity to help support their important work today. Just go to nordif-robbins.org.uk to find out more. That's nordif-robbins.org.uk. Well, hello, darlings. Nice to see you again. And welcome to Sisters in the Shadows, a podcast about women in blues and jazz. I'm Colette Cooper, and in this series, I'm looking at the amazing impact and influence women have had and still have on the development of blues and jazz. Today's episode is dedicated to the immortal Billie Holiday, who, as I said last week, was greatly influenced by my hero, Bessie Smith. Southern trees bear a strange fruit. Holiday's childhood was absolutely harrowing. She was raped and abused from a very early age. She once had to work in a brothel. Holiday was considered one of the highest paid performers of her era. But very sadly, much of her earnings went on to her drug addictions. One of her best-known songs, Strange Fruit, was added to Holiday's live repertoire. There were several conditions, though, which were introduced to go with that song's performance. For one thing, it would always be the closing number if Holiday sang it. And in order to avoid any distractions while Holiday was singing, no waiters whatsoever were allowed to serve any of the audience at that time and no lights at all would be on except for that one light just focused on Holiday's face. Additionally, Holiday wouldn't stick around for any encore after singing that song. It's that old devil Despite her success as a singer, and she had huge success as we know, Holiday never learned how to actually read music. She was rather limited in her range. Her approach was more instinctive, allowing for a delivery which relied on emotion alone rather than reaching certain notes. This style was very, very unique at the time, as was her voice. And also, 
would go on to influence many, many singers long after Holiday's death, and her voice today is still studied, and the rest is history. Well, I still have that ring, still have those tears, and those rocks in my heart. Today I'm talking to the absolutely amazing Cherise Adams Burnett. She's bloody brilliant. She's an amazing vocalist and winner of several awards, including the Jazz FM Vocalist of the Year for 2019. I caught up with her over Zoom a couple of weeks ago, which was just lovely, on a Friday night over a virtual glass of wine, fabulous, and started by congratulating her on her most recent award, the Parliamentary Jazz Vocalist of the Year Award. She's just got awards everywhere. Thank you so much. How do you feel? conflicting at a time like this but it was a nice little surprise yeah parliamentary jazz award it was um yeah it was unexpected you know and you're just focusing on the i wouldn't i hate to say the hustle people say the hustle far too much but um just you're just grafting aren't you yeah (laughs) but was it really a surprise i mean come Mm. on you're fantastic you must have thought "Mm, come on i've got I've, i've got a chance here um it was uh, i suppose there was a part of there's always a part of you that hopes but i don't you never really want to get too attached to to those things um because that can be a headspace of its own that brings um i don't know to to rely on it for validation feels yeah exactly you don't need validation because you are absolutely fantastic and last year you got a similar award yeah, it was, um, it was yeah. Jazz FM Vocalist of the Year. Yeah. So next year you're going to get another one. I can see oh, it. No. I can visualise it. <laughs> no, you are fantastic. and But not, you know, not just your vocals, but everything about you, your sound, your music. It's got such soul. That's very, uh, the, oh, you just said the word that um, I feel has summed up this year for me, yeah. to be honest. When you said soul. Yeah. Um, because a lot of the journey thus far has been trying to refine skills as a as a jazz musician because at times it can be bloody hard <laughs> trying to improvise oh, God. like that. Yeah. But it's been especially with quarantine and having space to think. Yeah. Um have you found that helpful actually? So helpful. It's just yeah. made me realise the whole reason why I got into jazz was to become a better soul singer you yeah. know um i love i love ella fitzgerald i love sarah vaughan everyone like that but um it's anita baker and tony braxton i know and you know what she's one of my favorites my canadian cousin actually lorraine introduced me to anita baker when i was really young and absolutely love her like you mentioned you know everyone will mention ella fitzgerald billy holiday all the other greats but mm. um, you know not that many people um, when I speak to them, when we talk about their influences, I mention like someone like Anita Baker, yeah. and she's just uh, she's one of my favourites. Oh, that's lovely to hear because I I think with her, soul takes on its its own little separate um, stream because yeah. oftentimes soul gets associated with fast licks and, and things like that, but with yeah. her, it's all about tone in my yeah. opinion. Um, and that it makes so much sense when she says that she's she one of her biggest influences was Sarah Vaughan because yes. there's deep, full, rich yeah. um, tone rather than um, 
rather than anything else. And that's why it makes sense that Tony Braxton came after her. And, yes. Um, yeah. But just beautiful, just beautiful. And it's all under the same umbrella, you know, like yeah. you said then. But, you know, soul, it all stems from one genre, yeah. you know, it's just progressed. And beautifully progressed. But it was Billie Holiday when you first heard, heard Billie Holiday in the yeah. film um, Clueless. <laughs> and uh, I love that. Um, Miss Brown to you, the song was. And when you heard that, what did you think? You went, oh, who's that? Yeah, it was just, it's just such a funny scene because Cher um, is getting in the car with her mate. Oh, yeah. He's left me at the moment. Christian, that's it. Yeah. And then he goes... Hey, do you like Billy Holiday? And she yeah. love him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, duh. Oh yeah. Yeah, but it made we... me like, gosh, let me just double check what she <laughs> is. And it was hilarious. But that feeling, you know, when you're first getting into an industry or getting yeah. into your craft, yeah, imposter syndrome because there is that feeling. <gasps> everyone Interesting. Can, Oh, there's like, the, oh, you've got to check out this person. You've got to know this person. And you're nodding like, oh, God, I don't know who, the, who yeah. who's Betty Carter? Who's Carmen McCoy? Yes, yeah, so yeah. Hence, you know, Googling. As soon as anyone name drops, I, I would like write down in my little notebook. And that was the one of the first instances that it happened with Clueless. I'm like, okay, I like what I hear. Yeah. Who the hell Billy Holiday? Because it, 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 it is funny though when somebody mentions someone and you think, actually, I've not heard of them, yeah. uh, and you feel you kind of feel like, oh God, I feel I should, I should, but yeah. you know that's not always the case. And also, sometimes it, it's about what you're doing, mm. and it's it's about what your creation is, mm. you know. Yeah. And you don't always have to know everything about everything in order to create what you want to create because it's from you, from your soul that's I, coming through. Yeah, that makes sense. you're so right. It's like when you're leading with, with love, pure love for the music yeah. the, the, uh, and trying to find the music of these people, not through a sense of guilt or shame, but through genuine curiosity and excitement. Yeah. It means that what what I found anyway is that it, it just seeps in way more, and it doesn't feel like it's a test, you know. Exactly, like a test. But you're also not just incredible vocalist. Mm. You are also just an absolute brilliant performer. You have oh. so much charisma on stage, mm. and you really command that, and mm. you own that stage. You're like uh, somebody of pff, twice your age. Um, you're definitely you know you're an old soul actually come on Cherise because you I don't know if you can see it on the screen but I am blushing here yeah as you say it I think um it came from an experience when I was 19 where my when first coming into jazz my main goal was just to become an instrumentalist I didn't care about presenting or entertaining or or engaging yeah attention but it wasn't until I got my first acting gig actually right oh um, okay yeah and it, uh, it was for um the Bouffe du Nord I'm trying to mess up that accent but that's okay yeah. that's <laughs> <laughs> and, um, the, the director's Ooh. name was uh Peter Brook and he was working with a, a, a co-director called Mary Helen yeah that was a good accent that was very good <laughs> I'm from Luton so <laughs> sometimes but uh he he kind asked me in this play called The Suit and there was a lot of responsibility to 
kind of to, 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 to be a to cap to to be captive I don't know to captivate the attention of the audience yeah um and to instead of seeing myself as this very like linear thing of, of like a musician to expand it out to not thinking okay now I'm an actress it's that actually I am an artist yes and, um that that kind of that kind of helped but to be honest it's like that's a good way of, of really grabbing hold of a skill yeah it's because really, you yeah. learn the techniques of mm. how to grab the attention and you certainly have grabbed the attention oh thanks i'm oh. shitting myself but oh can i swear yeah, of course so, you can yes <laughs> um, but, but, but that never goes does it the 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 intensity and the the, the, the you know it's never an autopilot situation there's like a, a beginner's mind to to it also so when did you realize you could mm. you could actually sing and you had this amazing voice because that your story there reminds me a little bit of nina simone when mm -hmm. you know she didn't care about singing mm -mm. she didn't want to sing she just wanted to play piano and she was told look you've got to sing yeah fired she it's... was like, oh shit okay and then that amazing voice came out i was like oh come on nina mm. you must have known you had that amazing voice Nina, there's oh, that depth yeah. of tone. She's one of those other people who's oh. love. But um, I relate to what you just said in that um, a lot of the time m musicians are batting against their family or their environment to say, no, I am going to. Um, I am going to be an artist. I am going to sing. I am going to perform where yeah. the rest of the world is saying, mm, maybe you shouldn't. For me, it was the complete opposite at times I had doubts right. but from the age of five my grandma would say Sharisha meant to be a singer there oh. were times when I was like 16 and I had done the right a levels to make me a um, nutritionist actually wow but, um, yeah wow. mums told me make sure that you do music because yeah. it's you're meant to be a soul singer and um there was a, a family discussion that ended in tears because i was just so scared of the prospect of being a musician and not being able to support my family you know a, a family that migrated from jamaica and it's yeah. I felt like it was me and my generation's responsibility to to bring us some sort of financial um mobility and move us up the food chain when it came yeah. to economic um security i would be letting go of that if i became a musician but but for my family to then say sharice please be a singer do do Aww. that um was quite I, I i i will never i mean that's it's kind of like gold that's dust, lovely that's you know? great support i mean just imagine if you'd become a nutritionalist, you'd have to go around saying, doing, take your vitamins. I know. Picking along as I'm trying to get people to do that. Yeah, yeah. You could sing to them to make sure they're taking all the supplements. But that's really great to have that support because, you know, they obviously saw something in you and they, they just knew. And yeah, it, it makes the responsibility feel, it makes it feel, um, less selfish you know yeah. it makes it feel like I'm, I'm doing I'm not just living and doing this for myself I'm doing it for um every opportunity I take is an opportunity that was denied and a, a previous family member based on the situation based on class based on race yeah. I'm, I'm one of the first people that has had the the privilege to get a musical education so they're living yeah. vicariously through me in some ways which is uh 
and I'm and, and I'm and I'm I've got no doubt in the next few years you're going to make millions. Don't oh. worry about that. So you can you can reassure your family. Just say to them, look, I'm going to make way much much more money doing this than being a nutritionist. Do you know what? I've no doubt about that. The millions, I don't care. I just yeah. I love a mortgage. Yes, <laughs> but I don't have to. I'm not aiming for the for the. I just love uh, just enough money. Well, that's what I mean. Just, just enough. Have, you don't want millions. I mean, millions came your way. I'm sure you go. Oh, okay. I wouldn't mind. You know, you'd have a few mortgages, but <laughs> it's just nice to be able to exercise your talent and make a living from it. You you summed it up. Yeah, that's exactly. You it. know, which is exactly. You know, that's that's the road that you're definitely on and just oh. keep going because you're just fantastic. And all the awards are, you know, mm. not that you need validation, but it's a nice thing to be recognized. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. And <laughs> so tell me, so who do you feel um, mm. today? It, it sort of black, um, blues, jazz artists coming through on the scene or shining through other than yourself? Because I know you've mentioned a couple here, which are great. Yeah. In America, Cecile McClure and Sauvant, without a doubt. Now, I don't know much about her, I'm going to admit now. She's I'm going to have to Google her fast. But, um, no, I'll give, her, I'll give a quick rundown. Yeah, please do, because I'd want to know more about her. Yeah, she was studying classical voice in France. And right. when she was like 18, 19, she discovered that she loved jazz. Um, even though she's an um, African-American artist, she's fluent in French and she moved on to jazz and brought that classical training and temperament with her. And um, by the time she was 20, 21, she was the resident uh, singer at the Lincoln Center performing with Wynton Marsalis at Ooh. the, with their big band. The Monk Institute does this, does an award every yeah. few years and there was a vocal one and she won. Um, and uh, she isn't, she's amazing at choosing uh, jazz standards that aren't commonly performed. Right, good, I like that. Their meaning on, on its head, you know. Does she put a classical spin on it? Her range is a classical spin, but yeah. I wouldn't say that she sings them classically. Like, right. you can tell, oh my God, there's no part of her range that she can't access. Um, wow. Ease. So, yeah. I recommend. I'm going to have a look at her and I'm sure I'll fall in love with her as well. And you also mentioned Cassie Kenoshi, which yes. is fantastic. And she she um, is brilliant. And she came through Tomorrow's Warriors, which have just been the most fantastic organisation, haven't they? Definitely. Cassie, uh, Cassie and I went to school together. Really? Um, yeah, we were in yep. sixth form together. Uh, so we met around the time that I was talking about before when I was 16. Yeah. Uh, we went to school in Harpenden, ugh, just oh. outside the Luton. So it's a completely different oh. vibe. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we were studying music around the same time there and uh, ended up going to Trinity Laban together. I studied jazz. Um, a jazz degree and she did a composition degree and um, I've seen her blossom into the m most beautiful composer uh, oh. it, it's just uh, you know when you feel like you're next to to greatness and when someone's well, I'm sure she feels the same about you though as well oh yeah it's just mm. it's lovely when you can call when you can call them they're just friends meet for a cup of tea yeah, yeah. Uh, would you like to work together have you thought about working together we have because I, I I'm more 
I compose myself, but I'm more on the lyrical side. Yeah. So we've written together when it comes to the musical theatre side of things. Yeah. Um, so yeah, TBC on that. We, oh, I'm really looking forward to that. Oh, that would be, be some absolutely genius work coming through. Yeah, I'm excited. And when, you, when you're thinking about that, have you started already or you're going to... We've got a date in mind. Before, yeah, we wrote, started writing together last year. It's just when so many other projects um, kind of have to be juggled for the sake of survival, things go in and out of um, uh, the main stage. So, uh, but that will be coming, I think, in the next two years. We'll have fantastic to show for our work. That's gonna. I've I've got really good feelings about this. Uh, yeah, That's amazing. <laughs> now you feel very strongly about this question. And it's, mm. do you feel it's really hard today for female artists to shine through uh, with it being such a male-dominated scene? Or do you feel male are more supportive? Oh, yeah. I feel passionate about um, acknowledging, I don't know, like the nuance in it. And I don't say that to try and evade any kind of frank, honest answer. Yeah. It's that um, my overarching answer is yes. Uh, yeah. I feel like it's there are more situations to consider. Um, for example, I've been in situations more of, as a singer of like, why you have to acknowledge why you're getting an opportunity. Yeah. It happens in every intersection. It's like, am I, am I a token to tick a box? That's right. Like, yeah. Gonna, I know where you're coming from. Yeah. Yeah. Whether that be an organization or, or a person when, when an opportunity comes that doesn't fall from an authentic natural relationship. Yeah. When those opportunities are so scarce. Yeah. um, Acknowledging. Well, the seat at the table is now being offered because, and it is deserved even if it's being offered in a way. Yeah. Is quite, uh, uh, it can it isn't the isn't the usual channel channel that anyone else might go through. Yeah, um, no, I, I, I totally agree. <laughs> but no, it totally makes sense. But mm. also with you, mm. and like many other artists of color, they're genuinely talented, and but it's about getting the opportunities where. You don't always get those opportunities because it can be quite elitist, right? So the, the talented ones aren't coming through because there's doors closed, but they are coming through now, which is a great thing. And like organ- organizations like Tomorrow's Warriors have been incredible. Exactly that. It's tom- Tomorrow's Warriors feels like a family. Yeah. And I learned that um, in engaging with com- in conversations with people who kind of struggle with inclusivity, inclusivity and diversity, yeah. I often um, direct them to making genuine friendships and having like a genuine interest in people. Yeah. Because uh, it, it, if if you look around your friend group and find that naturally you tend to gravitate towards people that share your experience. Yeah. It's very likely that they will look similar, but when that 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 curiosity and excitement about um making friends <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean it's simple make yeah. friends yeah. that don't have the same experience as you comes you'll look around and with time your your um you will have diversified your your yeah. environment but that that's that's so true because you do you gravitate to people who have similar experiences and you warm to that like i'm a northerner so 
If I hear a northerner, I will naturally gravitate. Oh, you're a northerner. (laughs) Oh, you go from Manchester. Great. You know, we do range there, doesn't it? Oh, it's shit, isn't it? But, you know, you do have that. But it's what you're saying. You're right. As experiences change, Mm. you know, and things are changing now, which is great. There's Mm -hmm. definitely a movement now. And, and especially as jazz has progressed with the new jazz wave coming through. But yeah. jazz for a long, long time, I mean, this has happened in the last few years, this re- mm. resurgence. And, and for jazz for a long, long time, it was very middle class and white. And, you know, only kids from a, a wealthy background or c- can go and study it. Yeah. No, it's I've... never the underprivileged kids. They couldn't afford a guitar. And that it was that's the institution jazz has been for a long, long time. Yeah. And people forget, even the audiences who go and watch it and watch the, the players, forget where this has come from, this mm. music. And going back, reading your answer to about where well, we've seen it come back in a big way, mm. become more popular. It is reclaiming the heritage and going yeah. back to the roots of where it came from. Because at one point I was very, I'm not bitter, but mm. I was very sort of angry with a few things um, where regardless of race, where um, mm. a lot of people were able to go and study. They had the finance groups mm. that came from very middle-class backgrounds. And then yeah. you get people who had natural talent, but never get those never get those opportunities mm-hmm. and it used to make me upset because I thought hold on a minute there's so many that this is where this music came from people mm-hmm. were starting on the streets they were self-taught mm-hmm. this, is what, this is what jazz and blues was born from and we can't forget that and, and I'm not I'm not against training or you know studying I think everybody should and we should mm-hmm. study the art because it's you know it's being developed it's it's, it's because of Billie Holiday who never had any formal training but she developed a style that people now study that. And that's brilliant. Yeah. But we've got to remember where the music came from because yeah. that's the roots of the music. Yeah, you're completely right. I mean, I, I can only speak from my personal experience in trying yeah. my best to uh, integrate into this scene. It was bloody yeah. hard. It was 16 years old being, uh, doing three different jobs, paper round, babysitting, and yep. a part-time job just to get the money to come to London and do it. So there was the free education with Tomorrow's Warriors, but yeah. in order to understand these institutions where they do jazz degrees, you yeah. need to have consultations with the people that are there because there are little things, the jargon, how you prepare the repertoire. Absolutely. Yep. Those yeah. sessions can be anything from 60 quid to 100 quid, depending on the teacher. Yeah. If you're, that is just an economic door that is locked if you don't have the the income yeah so um it just took a lot more it takes a lot more graft than i think people can realize oh of course it does because it's formulated and you know that's what it is and that's to get inside of that and learn it learn every little crook and angle of it you know and i'm i'm really proud of you that you did do three jobs and to you know to really follow your dream and to learn everything about it and study because you know and that's why you deserve to be where you are you know uh, i i owe it all to that all to my family who uh who 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 didn't think i was crazy well but who told oh. me you should do that you know i'm like am i should i should i <laughs> yes so when, like, bloody do the jobs uh, Come on. Yeah. when did you actually realize you could sing when you th- 
thought, okay, you know, my family's telling me I can sing. I'm doing acting as well. I'm liking all aspects of entertainment and and art. And when did you think, actually, I'm not a bad singer. When was that? When was that moment? I... It's whenever, uh, I can't, I can't speak to, I think one of them was at the Barbican, I think it was last year, yeah. when Total Refreshment Centre were doing um, a, a concert. And, you know, you'll know this, when sometimes you l- walk off stage and you can feel the weight that was left by what you did, but you yeah. almost can't remember what you did because it was like something was working through you yeah yeah oh you channel something yeah. it's like you go into some kind of trance it's like a it's a like a form of meditation almost when you exactly. worship whatever it is yeah what people think it just felt like more and that to hear the reactions afterwards and I was just trying to just swerve and get the train home to be yeah, honest. yeah. But the people stopped me and they're in tears and stuff <gasps> like, oh okay, that's so this is bigger than than, than yeah. me um yeah yeah i hate talking about this stuff sometimes no but it's good listen you've worked hard for it so you (laughs) you deserve to you know this is what we want to hear this is what the listeners want to hear who love you and you know this Mm. is great what's your what's your next steps now because i mean obviously we're in a really weird situation now um but you're writing which is great i'm moving more towards soul now i think the ep that i um, wrote before I was trying to prove a lot of things so if each track is like completely different I love that though it's not yeah it's nice but it's it's not um it was me trying to prove something rather than going in the route that I truly want to go in which is soul right. I think yeah. I was proving with that EP I can do jazz I can yes. scat, I can arrange I can yes. do spoons I can play the flute <laughs> <laughs> and, um, the next... <laughs> yeah I can play the spoons <laughs> Uh, that I'm, I, I just want to, I just want to sing soul from here. Yeah. Well, I think, in my opinion, I think that's where, where you're at. Yeah. I hear you. Mm-hmm. It's really deep. Oh. It's really deep. You, you, you're like an old soul. It's like listening to someone, someone else. When, you, and especially when you look at you, you're so petite and pretty, and <laughs> listen to you, you think, oh, well, what is this? As you say that, I think it, it, it makes sense that the main inspiration is my grandma because yeah. I mean that that kind of maybe I'm channeling channeling something that she gave me. Yes, that yeah, I, yeah because um, as you as your grandma passed away now. No, she's she's the only grandparent that's still here, and, and she's still so encouraging. Sadly, we oh. we lost my um grandfather in the covid pandemic oh, and it's just really? even more the legacy of especially with the windrush generation and the windrush scandal yeah her, yeah. her hearing that presence and encouragement just feels so it's really precious quite an un, it's really tough and also unusual time for you and your family right now mm. but I'm, I'm just i'm just so grateful that they're 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 here those yeah. who are here are here celebrating them you know well, so your granddad will be looking over you and they always say when anyone passes, they leave bits of their soul behind and it mm-hmm. goes into our souls. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard like the, not the expression, when somebody says, oh, they're getting more and more like mom or <laughs> more and more like grandma. That's because I believe they're still around and they're, mm-hmm. they, go, they go somewhere because it's an energy, right? Energies can't mm-hmm. die. So mm-hmm. they go 
I think it's like a matter and they go into you. That's my theory anyway. I could be no, wrong. I do. I do agree. Some people might think, I say it out loud and some people think, okay, Sharice, but um, <laughs> the parts of them that live on are, are in the stories and the experiences that we, that we shared and that, that can't be taken away from us. So. No, I totally agree. We'd love to play some of your music. Oh, yeah. That would yeah, be whatever, whatever, um, whatever song you want to send us, we'd, we'd really, really love to play. I'll send you paradise. Yes. That'll be the one. That'll be absolutely gorgeous. So everyone can, you know, who haven't heard you yet can, you know, listen. Now, you must have some funny gig stories. Go on. What funny gig stories can you share with us? Gosh. Um, Oh, so when I was doing the play. Yeah. um, We was a, it was a very stripped back set. Um, We were in, uh, I think it was like Sao Paulo. Yeah. Um, and it was, I was really worried because Marie Helene, one of the directors had flown in just to see it and see where we were at, with our, how we were. Yeah. So, um, but I got into an argument with one of the other actors just before we walking on stage. Yeah. I thought, I'm not going to get into why, but I was going and, and go, go on stage. And then I walked on stage and I meant to be looking blissfully into the eye eyes of my lover yeah and we like we lie down as if we're in bed and then i'm thinking to myself shit i haven't got the right costume on (laughs) because i was so caught up caught up in this argument that i just didn't do the i was still in my normal clothes oh no And I'm dressed as if it's, you know, you know, wearing a gap hoodie. Um, I'm like, oh God, no shit. So, but you're thinking the lines, the lines, how many lines do I have to do before I go off? So we get through the show and I go into my dressing room and have one of these deep dramatic moments. I'm like, oh my God, Marie Helene is going to come and she's going to. And then she walks into the dressing room. She was like, this was perfect. She, oh my god, I love that. <laughs> she, all she noticed was your performance. Yeah, she didn't notice the costume, so yeah, but I was thinking, should I tell her what happened? Like, didn't no. she? Yeah, I was thinking, <laughs> let's oh. not tell her. <laughs> I know. Does any, do any of your friends ask you or anyone? Because I, I get I used to get this a lot, or I still do, because I'm an actor as well. And and mm. always say, What do you prefer, acting or singing? And I'm like, uh don't you find it's the same in some ways yeah it's like well I like both when I'm singing I love that and then when I'm acting I love that you know do you ever get that yeah sometimes but I'm I'm not as brave maybe I'll ask you for advice because it's that you know you do you get that fear I get a fear of being a jack of all trades and master of none you know I probably am that though (laughs) (laughs) you're not definitely um (laughs) how do you get well do you know what you can do whatever you want there's no rules you know we can do whatever we want you're an artist so Mm. what does that mean you can do whatever you're expressing something and whether it's in a play or a film you're taking on a character or you know you can do whatever you want Mm. would you really like to play would you like to actually play um Mm. somebody like for example, would you like to play Billie Holiday or? I'd love to. I think it's just the, the thing that marries that together, playing someone or, or singing about something is just a complete and utter love for the story. Yeah. So, you know, in the moment, just trying, trying my absolute best to fall into and give, 
give yourself, give myself up to the, the story. Um, a character like Billy or anyone, mm. you know, it, it just becomes, um, yeah. Because I think you'd be, because you're an actor as well, I think that, I think that would be brilliant, a great, another different kind of vehicle for you as well to mm. do like a, you know, big West End show playing Anita Baker's story growing up, you know, whoever, somebody that you really love and that you love the story behind it and you can yeah. put your acting as well as your singing. I'd love to do that. Ah, oh, the West End. That's uh, what I mean. I think it'd be brilliant. Work. Well, my first work experience opportunity was at the Garrick Theatre. Garrick Theatre, yeah. Um, which the, when they had Chicago there. Yeah. It must have been about, oh, God, it must have been like 20, 2012 or something like that. I was absolutely in awe. Yeah. I, I can't. There's just the level of, um, of course, professionalism, but ease with which they would be like, hey, you're right, Laura. Oh, great. Five, six, seven, eight. Legs. I know. Back off stage and they're like, oh, my God, I can't believe this happened backstage. It's just, uh, it, it was just the level of um, The ease. energy, though, as well, yeah. that goes into that. I'm exhausted watching it. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus. You know. <laughs> Yeah, but that's, yeah. But that's great that you you can do both, you know. But you're an artist; you can do whatever you want. And you know, if you wanted to bring you you've done a jazz album, mm -hmm. you want you're going to do a soul album. But you might next year you might want to do something else as well. There's no there's no stopping you know what yeah. what you can do. You can do whatever you want. I think is where where you're inspirational as well because that adaptability has has uh, your I I don't know how to explain it. In other parts of the industry, I found I was, I felt like my career would have been over by the time I was 25. Um, when I got into pop, when I've had yeah. pop, some, some like with A&R in some parts of the pop world, maybe I shouldn't be as open about this, yeah. but the feeling has been, oh, you're 20, I'm 25 now. It's like, oh, you're 25 now. Oh, you're mm. over in the pop world. Yeah, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Forget it. You're too good to be in the pop world, babe. I'm sorry. You know, let's leave that to the 12-year-olds. <laughs> yeah, you're too good for that. I mean, that's just bubblegum music. You're way too, way too deep and intelligent for that. It's just the timelessness of, yeah. of good art, I think. Yeah, you're right. That's, that's yeah. a great way of putting it, actually, the timeless, timelessness of good art, mm. great art. Well, I think you're just fantastic and I'm really excited for your future. But are you going to do any, are you, have you got any online gigs coming up that we can tune into? Have you got anything? Um, not too much at the moment. I've been trying something with Airbnb with yeah. my friend Theo Jackson, where we do this little jazz cocktail hour. Oh, love that. Yeah. So he'll play, he'll play his tunes and he plays the piano and then I'll play mine. And I've got a friend called Joe Caleb who has... Uh, Will that be on Instagram? It's, I'm not promoting it on Instagram, just so no. that everything can go, the channel is Airbnb. Yeah, Airbnb, right, I'm writing that down, that's amazing. And what about, because I know like Ronnie Scott's there doing quite a few online gigs, do you fancy doing any there or? Um, we'll see, I love, I love it there, they've been so lovely to me, that's, there's potential. Oh, they love you. Oh, they're, they're the best. I was stumbling out of jam sessions at 3.30am. Oh God. 18. Yeah. Once you're in there, you're trapped. 
You are literally stumbling out. Let's face it. The night bus journey home where you're trying not to fall asleep before you're stuck. (laughs) I've done that as well. (laughs) What what date is that? Do you know? Um, we're doing some most weekends. Yeah. Sure. If we might do some next weekend, so I'll let you know. That's great. But but also, I mean, just keep do. You know, you just got to keep doing stuff all the time right now until things get back to get Back. back to normal. Yeah, exactly that. Oh, thank you, lovely. You're brilliant. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. That's the gorgeous Sharice Adams-Burnett there. She's just brilliant. Actually, she's my ultimate favourite singer next to Bessie Smith. You're getting up there, Sharice. You're nearly, you're nearly there. I think you're on par. You're fantastic. I absolutely adore you. So that's the show for this week. If you liked it, and I know you did, come on. You did, right? Yeah? Please subscribe now on your favourite podcast platforms. And while you're there, go on, give it a little star review. Five would be good. Five would be great. Go on, give it five. I accept nothing less, darling. Um, Sisters in the Shadows was presented by me, Colette Cooper, and is a Pod People production. Thanks to Mike Hansen and Jake Trappett for their production support. And you, obviously, more than anything, for listening. I'll be back in your feed next Friday talking to another amazing soul from the world of blues and jazz. See you then. And I'm going to leave you with this. Sit down, have a glass of wine. This is from my new, new favourite singer, Sharice Adams Burnett. And this song is called Paradise. Absolutely to die for. Enjoy. Imagine, my darling, that we are in paradise. The breeze softly caressing our skin The two of us living without any sacrifice No condemnation, no fear of sin We cherish the beauty in life that surrounds us The colors so vivid, us feeling so Let's just keep our eyes closed and stay in this paradise Cause escaping from life allows us to see